This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. This is the first of two podcasts celebrating the 10th season of My Kitchen Rules. Joining me, co-host Pete Evans. <laughs> G'day, mate. How, how are you? Good, good, good. So how do you feel? I mean, the shows, you, you started work on this quite a while ago. Um, then I guess you got a bit of a break. But I don't know, is this maybe the hardest part of it, coming back for all your publicity duty? Oh, it's not too bad, actually, because we we wrap always sort of mid to late December. So mm-hmm. where are we now? Mid to late January. So we have a little bit of time off with our families, which is always needed after such an intense filming schedule, after five months of being on the road. We get that month with our family, come back, do the launch for MKR, and off we go on our own again for about four or five months until we're called back. Yes. Into the into the herd <laughs> to, to do the show again. So ten years. I mean, it's roughly the same amount of time every year, I guess. So have you built? You seem to have built your career in that time. You've, it's changed a little bit, hasn't it, to, in that decade? And you've, I guess, you've built it around the commitments to MKR. Yeah, it's interesting. So I was working in television for eight years prior to coming on to My Kitchen Rules. So I worked in with Foxtel on the Lifestyle Channel for I think about seven years. Then I worked for two years with uh, Channel 9's Fresh program. So I did about 400 episodes with with Channel 9 there. And then uh, that finished right at the right time where food was just kicking off with MasterChef. So I was called in to do an audition for My Kitchen Rules. So I'd had quite a bit of experience coming into this, Mm. but never hosting a reality show. So (laughs) I was quite excited about being out of my comfort zone and learning learning more about myself by Mm. going into this role. And 10 years later, I'm still uh, finding there's lots to learn, not only about myself, but about this medium as well. Mm. So I I guess... Generally speaking, back then it was TV moved from daytime and subscription TV to primetime free to air, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much too. And and prior to MKR, I think I'd released about six or seven cookbooks, and okay. since then I think I've released another ten or ten right. to fifteen. Um, so it's been really quite interesting how my career has also changed because I spent 20 years in professional kitchens Mm -hmm. in my own restaurants with my family business and that used to take up 80 hour weeks minimum standing at the stove for 20 years Mm -hmm. so I guess we're very Manu and I sort of very similar as far as how long we'd have been cooking for and how many hours per week we'd been cooking for to get to where we are and it's it's quite funny because often you hear of young chefs wanting to be famous and on television as oh well we actually did 20 odd years of 80 to 100 hour work weeks in intense pressure to get to that point and neither of us had this on the cards Mm. as a career path it just happened so to speak. Uh, Neither of us searched it out. So we're always quite funny when people say they want to be a famous TV chef. It's like, hmm, it's not usually how it works. Yeah, yeah. I guess one of the constants during the decade has been Ricky Proust, who was sort of there at the beginning, I guess one of the I guess co-creators of the format really um tell me about when you first first met with him and what your initial thoughts about maybe him and the format well Ricky was uh, and still is a very well respected and and much loved uh, executive producer and wonderful at creating concepts and bringing Mm. them to life and bringing them to reality pardon the pun but uh he's um he's a true master of the genre and uh, it's always a privilege to catch up with him. And uh, I, 
owe Ricky a, a debt of gratitude for giving us this opportunity. And it was interesting when I did the audition, uh, I got the job, I think the first day that I did the audition, they said, oh, you've got the job. And then I did a casting or a, a chemistry test with another host uh, a couple of days later and and it didn't feel right. And I actually hadn't met Ricky yet, but I called him. I, I looked at the call sheet. I saw who the boss was and I called him up and I just said, hey, listen, mate. I said, we haven't met. Thanks for the job. <laughs> but um, the person that we're working with, that you've put me with, I don't think we're strong enough to go mm. up against MasterChef. I said... There's only one person that I know of in the country that I think would make a great partner for me. And I'm, I'm very studious of my industry. So mm -hmm. I, I watch the, the chef world or the hospitality okay. world with uh, like, like a hawk. And I said, for this show to work, I think you need somebody called Manu Fidel. And he laughed down the other end of the, uh, <laughs> the phone. He goes, well... Manu's actually done three pilots with us, but we actually had to sideline him because some people thought his accent was too strong, which is why we re-auditioned, and that's why you've got the job. And I said, well, I, I just don't think we're going to be strong enough, me and this other person. I said, please reconsider putting Manu on. I said, even if we've got a, I've got to translate or boost <laughs> subtitles, I said... <laughs> He has that special, as he would say, je ne sais quoi, or you know, see over it, I can't <laughs> say it. He, that French pizzazz. Mm. You know, he has that charisma. And Manu and I had been mates for many, many years prior. And I just knew I, I love to work with big, colourful personalities mm. if I'm two of us on screen. Um, and I knew I got to be on screen with someone else. And I know that somebody else like me isn't the right formula. I love working with big, bold people. So it's not that I take a back seat, but I can just be myself mm. and be comfortable with that and let somebody else be themselves, but also have that, that flamboyancy. And I find that's the perfect combination when I'm working with somebody else in a program. And I guess Manu and, and you and Seven have turned his his manner, his accent into a highlight, really, isn't it? You know, it's a well. I've always thought it has been. You know, it's him. Mm. And it's interesting. The first day I ever did my first day ever on television, I got auditioned for Foxtel for a show called Home. A very simple premise. It was a garden uh, landscape architect Brendan Moore there was a stylist called Shannon Frick and then they brought me in as the cook because somebody pulled out at the last minute, minute that they uh, had lined up and I was the shyest greenest person in the world I couldn't think of anything worse than being on television and I was happy in my kitchen working yeah. and they asked me twice to come in because they loved the food that I was doing in my restaurant they said it, it's the perfect type of food that we want for the program I went okay and I'll never forget the first audition day that they put me in with somebody to train me. Hmm. And at the time, Jamie Oliver was famous, Ainsley Harriet was famous, and they, and they said, you're too boring. <laughs> Can you actually be, you know, be a bit more flamboyant like a, an Ainsley or have some sort of slang thing going on or be a Jamie Oliver? And I said... I said, the only person I can ever be is me. Mm. I said, you ask me 
to be on this show and employ me because of the food that I cook. I said, if my personality isn't big enough for television, I'm cool because it mm. was never anything that was part of my my dream. Sure. Uh, but all I can ever be is me. And yeah. if that's not good enough for this medium or this this uh, vehicle, then cool. Yeah. And 19 years later, I'm still being me. Mm. <laughs> and, mm. and so far, so good. So yeah. it's interesting, but it taught me a lot about... And it helps me as a judge, actually, on the show when people come onto the show, the contestants. Because all I ever say to them is just be yourself and cook the food that you know. Mm. That's all we ask of you. Mm. And it's so funny because they think we want them to be something else. Mm. They think we want them to cook differently. And we're like, no, we just want you to be yourself. Yeah. And that's all that any of us ever can be. Am I just the attraction of the show is basically pretty simple, isn't it? I mean, you guys are the ringmasters, the <laughs> contestants are the cooks and the, and the stars with their food, I guess. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a circus sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> if we're the ringmasters or the ringleaders. But um, Mano and I take it very professionally and, and with a lot of... We, we have a lot of responsibility on our shoulders, not mm. only for the network, but also for the contestants. Yeah. And that's something that maybe... Probably my only biggest frustration with this competition is that we get a lot of negative feedback through the public mm. thinking that it's either rigged or it's scripted or that we choose the teams that are more controversial to stay in the competition. And my hand on my heart, I can honestly say, Mano and I keep the teams in the competition mm. based only on one thing, and it's mm. what they cook. And it's interesting because I get a lot of hate mail and things <laughs> like that when certain teams get cooked kicked out of the competition or mm. leave the competition and it's always based on their food mm. it's based on their cooking 100% but people get emotionally attached to their teams or their favourites based on their personalities and not their food so that's that's a really frustrating part of it because it's like they're questioning our integrity as, mm. and as I said we take it very seriously because there's $250,000 on the line and Whoever wins, it's going to change their life. Mm. So we're always, we judge the food, not the people. We judge the food, not the people. We Otherwise, if we judge the people, every year there'd be a different winner Yeah. than who was actually there. Sometimes it works out that the, the nice people win. Sure. Other times it works out that it isn't. Yeah. Tell me, Pete, the quality of the contestants in year one, mm. is there a... I mean, they were good, but are there more good cooks around, do you think, now, at 10 years on? Well, I'd like to think so. And the, I guess the best barometer or, or judge of that is how many 10s we give out. Mm, and okay. this, this year, we've given out more 10s than ever before. Oh, really? But sometimes it's interesting because sometimes when these teams first cook for us, and then we're like... Are there any good cooks here? Because <laughs> because sometimes we get a, a quite a few that don't do great the first time they cook. Mm -hmm. And every year we have to remind ourselves it's the first time they've ever cooked on under these conditions mm -hmm. for this many people with cameras in their face. It's the first time they've ever been on television. So add that to the drama of actually just cooking. So 
sometimes I'm like, oh, when are the good teams coming? You know, the ones that can cook. But it's interesting. I've learnt now to just let the process happen. Yeah. Because sometimes the best cooks are the ones that do the poorest at the start of the competition. Okay. Because it's just overwhelming for them and they're mm. too stressed out because of the cameras. So, yeah. Um, so to answer your question, has the caliber of cooking increased over the years? Definitely. Uh, but sometimes it also takes a little bit for that to manifest into the competition. Mm. They need to get a little bit more comfortable with who they are yeah. in front of the camera as well for them to really concentrate on the food instead of just being, oh, God, we're on television. Yeah. This is all too stressful. Give us a bit of insight behind some of the the mechanics of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, as a, as a viewer, and I guess a lot of people, the the key is the the home cooking nights. You know, where yeah. where everyone goes to the home, they set up, you cook for them there. You, you wander into the kitchen at different stages in the night. Yeah. Sometimes you help out a little bit with advice, yeah. or maybe you've even rolled up your sleeves once or twice. <laughs> How bad's it got to get, and who makes that call when when you sort of got to help them out? Well, we never really help them out. I mean, Mano and I are very, as I said, very professional because yeah. we can't favour any team. Mm-hmm. We can give them advice, but the way that we give advice, it'll more be like a question. Okay. Oh, that's a, are you sure that's the right way? Because maybe I've never seen that done like that before. Mm. Um, Colin is an entity to himself. <laughs> now, Colin, you cannot control. So Colin <laughs> probably sometimes rolls up his sleeves and gets in there. Okay. Um, he's a chef chef as well. I mean, we all are. We, we, we've all done our time. But Colin is probably the quintessential chef. He can't help himself. He wants to get in there and actually... He, he doesn't care if it, yes. if it helps them or not. He's like, Argh! He just can't help himself, which is why we love Colin because he's also a different dynamic and a different character. And it's great because I get to... I'm on every episode. Manu doesn't do the challenges. Colin does the challenges. So I get to work with two very colourful characters again. So I'm really happy in that role. Um, so, so we give the advice as much as we can to help them, but without mm. giving them favouritism or helping them out too much along the way. Yes. We need to be... We, we need to be neutral. Yeah. <laughs> and when we see you and whoever your co-host is on that particular episode, pull up in the vehicle outside, uh-huh. walk, walk down the road a little bit. Yeah. Uh, how long have you been on set and have you, have you been inside before this happens? What happens there? Yeah, so it's really interesting. It's usually that that, that scene takes yeah. the longest for us to film for about of anything. I think we do it about five times oh. in and out of the car, maybe even more sometimes, just to get all of those angles. And, uh-huh. um, but, and, but that's, again... I think part of the success success of the show is those high production values mm-hmm. and they don't cut corners and it's interesting you'd think 10 years into it we'd we'd have cut as many corners as possible but every year it's like we want more mm. we want more this show is so big you know it's global and there's so much riding on it that we can't afford to cut any corners so like, yeah, we're going to get in and out of that car five or six times. But to give you to answer the question, yes, we have probably gotten on set about half an hour before, uh, gotten dressed either on location or just prior mm-hmm. um, to the location. But then once we get there, we get microphoned up 
uh, and then we probably have 10 minutes and then they're like okay car time yeah and as soon as we shoot the car then it's straight into ringing the doorbell okay. and that's a, that's also <laughs> takes its time uh, <laughs> Again, there's all different angles, walking up to the door, pressing the door, the close-up, and then there's the entrance of the teams. Yeah. And hopefully we get that in one take. Sometimes yeah. it takes us two takes to get the angles right. Okay. And then it's just game on. We sit down at the table. They introduce their menu. We get to know the people and have a good chat. Hopefully within an hour, entree comes. And in that time, we'll, we'll go and visit the kitchen, one of us. Uh -huh. So one of us always visits the kitchen for entree, main, and dessert. Okay. Whether they show that in the, in, the, in the actual episode, generally they show maybe one visit out mm -hmm. of the three that we do, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes none, depending on how much content they have for the episode. But we're in there for every course. Uh, and we also leave the table for quite a substantial amount of time because we find the contestants open up a little bit more amongst themselves because mm. when Manu and I sit down it's MKR <laughs> when Manu and I leave the table to go into the kitchen or to talk to production and see what's actually happening mm. out there um, that's when the, they that's when they can be themselves Good a little bit more then, too. And then yeah. it happens sometimes we come out and like some of the contestants go oh we're glad you came back now <laughs> it was getting a bit heated there like yes. what happened mm. sometimes mm. we're oblivious to what happens sure. around the table sure what time of day do you normally start the sitting around the dining table um well it depends on which state we're in okay. depending on the light and, yeah. the, and daylight saving and things mm -hmm. like that and what type, part of the year because we film generally in Jul july yes the instant right. restaurants and even the ultimate instant restaurants when we're at that stage of the competition mm -hmm. late november mm -hmm. so big difference in time and temperature <laughs> um but generally we get to set about 4 p.m okay manu and i uh and the cooking team has started i think at 6 a.m that yeah. morning okay and then generally from 4, it's usually at 2 p.m., 1 to 2 mm. to 3 p.m. wrap, depending on who's cooking and, and how they've gone. But uh, ideally, we'd be finished by about 1. Okay. Ideally. Yeah. But that what, doesn't always happen. What's the latest you reckon you've gone? The latest, I think we did a 5 a.m. Oh, finish wow. or 5.30 a.m. <laughs> and and to top that off, it was in Western Australia with a three-hour time difference. Right. So that was like filming mm. till late in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And the sun was coming up. Mm. That was a tough shoot, that one. And that team did not last very long in the competition. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a day where you get the call sheet for the season and you go, okay, where are we travelling to this year? Yeah, pretty much. We get our schedule usually... I, I'm always bugging mm. the production for that because I'm, like, I'm I, I like to be organised. Yeah. Because then once I get my schedule, then I can fit my other um, my family time in. Mm. Mm. So give me my schedule. I see where I'm at. Then I can juggle where I'm going to be for my family, mm. and then I can juggle in my other commitments for work. So um, we get that usually two weeks before yes. the shooting starts, and then it's always subject to, to change yeah a couple of quick things the um the highs every season i mean what's the what's the real high point that's it's always a thrill do you think when you during that cycle the first episode is always the best because we've yeah. never met the teams mm. so for us it's like the it's actually oops sorry it's actually different for us than 
the contestants actually are, are different for us than the viewers because the viewers have had the ads leading up to the first episode. So mm -hmm. they're getting to know the contestants through the ads. Whereas for Manu and I, mm. we sit down and <laughs> we're like, okay, <laughs> who have we got here? And within 20 minutes, we're like, okay, now we know who and why you're all here. You know? um, Is it usually filmed in order Is, or not necessarily the first no, meal you have? It's all, always in order. It's okay. always in order. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is great mm. it helps it helps <laughs> us uh, so it's filmed in order and so the question the initial question you had was of oh, the highs yeah the that, highs, so, so you said that first episode and I think you were going to say something else first yeah. episode um, first time the contestants cook for the public mm -hmm. on one of the challenges mm -hmm. I think is all the challenges are always great when they're cooking for the public yeah because again it just changes gear and dynamics and they, it becomes more real for them, I find, once they're cooking for the public. Yeah. Th yeah. Th their own, um, their integrity of, of the competition, all of a sudden they're like, okay, this is real now. We're actually cooking for the kids or people in the, in the street. That, you know, it's, it's different. It's, just, it's a different dynamic. It just changes gear. And then, of course, we have the ultimate Insta restaurants, which I think are fantastic, <laughs> which is when they get to cook in their homes again. Mm. And the pressure's on because at, that's, at that stage of the competition, they're right into the competition mode. Whereas right. the first Insta restaurant round, no one's in competition mode. Mm. Generally, mm. everyone wants to be friendly and mm. wants to be nice. And, <laughs> and we always say, there will come a point for all of you in the competition yeah. where you will jump into competition mode. Yeah. But it generally doesn't happen hardcore until that ultimate instant restaurant. And that's when we get to see some really great dynamics as well. And then obviously it's the grand final every mm. year. Mm. And I mean, it, this year we've changed it a little bit how, how the teams get to the semifinals and it's brutal. Mm. It's, it was the hardest... Uh, for Manu and I, I think, or I'm talking for myself anyway, mm. it was, it was, it was a brutal way to to pick the last four teams, mm. and you'll see it when it <laughs> when it when it comes out. But it was like, oh, it was so much, so much pressure for us, um, and for the teams of who stayed and who goes. Sure. And then grand final is always the highlight because you get to see the culmination of all mm. that hard work, all that knowledge that they've garnered or gathered throughout the experience and the competition mm. paying off. And this year is, is no exception. So we end up having the two teams that are cooking the best food that we've had for the five months, mm. both on that last day. Mm. And it's like it's this close that, <laughs> that separates them. And that's what you want. You yeah. want that. And that's, you know... That's what keeps us coming back. Yeah. Is there a, I, mean, I hesitate to say low point, but yeah. there, there are days that, that are a little bit tougher and maybe you've got just motivate yourself a bit and say, look, we, I'm doing this for a purpose. And Yeah, it's not so much. The work is the work, you mm. know, and, and mm. we're professional. And I think it's, it's interesting for chefs that come into the TV world. We seem to... <laughs> We seem to deal with it pretty well, the long hours, because we come from an industry that's even harder 
Because you've already done those long days, right? 18-hour mm. days, back-to-back, mm. no mm. sleep, mm. Um, is is default the norm for us. Mm. So coming into the television world where it might be a 12 or 14-hour day instead of an 18-hour day, and you get a bit of downtime as well. Mm. So nothing... I. There hasn't been one day of filming that has ever been as difficult as a as a double shift in a kitchen for me yeah. ever. Yeah, uh, it's a different type of demanding demand on you. Uh, it's, but it's never as hard, I would say. So, as far as a job goes, it's not really. There's no low points in that. The lowest points I find is when I have to. Say goodbye to teams. Yeah, that's they're the lowest points. It's like fuck. I've got to. I've, got to, I've actually got to tell this team that they're they're going home mm. because they haven't put enough salt on a dish. Yes, you know something so minuscule or petty. Yeah, can be the difference between two hundred fifty thousand dollars and four or five months of sacrifice from one these two people that have yeah, left yeah. home their their kids and we have a lot of people that have young kids that come onto the, sh- the show that don't see them for months at a mm. time and mm. and then to say goodbye to those teams because they have not put salt on or left it in the oven for two minutes i, I would happily not do that every day because mm. it's 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 gut-wrenching for us it's yeah People think it's 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 all glamorous. It's like, oh fuck! It's actually <laughs> it, it, it's not as easy as you would think it sure. is, because we become friends with these people and mm. we we know how they get emotionally tied up into this competition, yes. and rightly so, yeah, yeah. because of those sacrifices. Mm. But there's only going to be one winner. Yeah. So yeah. that for me is is the most challenging and emotionally draining or part of the series yeah um yeah the work is the work and i enjoy the work but that <laughs> saying goodbye to the teams is is heartbreaking sometimes yeah, yeah look we're, we're pretty much out of time but i'd like to just finish on the sort of your business if you like it's media week sort of a business journal yeah. and i'm fascinated and would love to hear about what else you get up to now you've got a show on netflix yeah. i'd like to hear about your book so just mm-hmm. just run us through what else you're doing so at the moment i've got a two different programs on Netflix. I've got a documentary called The Magic Pill, uh-huh. which has gone global, uh, and a TV series called The Paleo Way, which is a cooking series that's also on Netflix. Uh, I'm actually starting a new documentary this week, uh, filming in the States and Canada, wow. uh, which is on the cannabis industry, mm-hmm. which is and, and the health implications that are associated with uh, CBD oil and cannabis. So that's going to be really interesting because it seems to be a an amazing uh, health tool for so many people mm-hmm. and I want to get to understand it yeah. right at the base level right up to the top level as well Okay. who are the production companies involved in your other I make them myself oh, do you? Yeah. Oh, wow. so I self fund yeah, and uh, these are my oh, good on you. these are my passion projects. <laughs> so I follow my gut instinct, yeah. and um, I've always had a passion for film, for film, mm-hmm. and this medium. And one of my dreams has always been to be a director. Yeah, mm-hmm. and more and more. So now I've I've got two documentaries in the works with this. So mm-hmm. this one plus another one that I'm mm-hmm. working on for 2020, okay. yep. uh, which will be out for 2021. 
and another TV series I'm working on for 2022. Probably I'm going to do that. Um, so I love, I love being in front of the camera, but mm. I also love to create and produce shows and and put my own creative flair into it. So that's an exciting thing. And my cookbooks, yeah, I've I've got three books coming out this year and again they're passion projects of mine I create the content and hire the photographers and stylists and put it all together and I do things probably very uniquely in the publishing world and mm. also the television and film world whereas people might think I'm crazy but I just go off and <laughs> do the things that I want to do and mm. I always have the intention and the belief that I will find a home for my work okay because I think my work is is important mm. and they're they're projects that change people's lives and especially with the documentaries and the food shows that I'm working on at the moment I get w without a word of a lie many many emails and messages each and every day sent to me saying how somebody's life has been changed through the work that we're doing on these other projects so I love being an employee with Channel 7 mm. because I get to have this world and at the same time it also helps me also push my creative side into creating my own content as well and I, I love that balance between the the Channel 7 network world and my own sort of okay. uh, passion projects as yes. well and, and I think I've got a really good balance between the two. and. Um, I learn from being on the job of MKR, which then I trans, um, translate into my own work as well, and vice versa. So mm. I, I'm loving this. I, I, I'm lucky enough to have a second career yeah. outside of the kitchen, mm. but still involved with food. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, look, great talking to you, um, Pete. All the success with uh, Year 10, mate. Thanks for your time. Thanks, brother. <laughs>